Thanks for checking out and tuning in to At the Table with Paul and Brandon. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And we really hope you enjoy today's show. All right, so I alluded to this idea in my sermon Sunday that I didn't talk about, okay. this idea of quantum theory. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be fun for us to talk a little bit about that. First of all, do you know anything about quantum theory? I'm I've, not. I'm not judging you if you no, don't, because a lot I've, most people won't. I've heard. I've heard of it, but okay. I don't. I don't know what it is. Okay. Off the top of my head, can you go and start explaining it? And sure. I, it, might, it might ring a bell. Absolutely. All right. So. Um, Einstein's theory of relativity okay. basically is the thing that explains how how matter interacts. Okay. And it's kind of, you know, uh, for every uh, an object in motion is going to remain in motion until it's met against equal and opposite force. Right. Those kinds of those kinds of things where we can measure and we can clearly state there's going to be predictable results. Right. If this happens, then this is going to happen. Got you. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's basically the known world of physics before quantum theory came around. Okay. So the understanding of matter and how it operates. Right. So then quantum theory, basically Max Planck, the idea was that, um, at the level of the electron and proton down at the deepest, smallest piece of existence, Mm -hmm. um, that they can act as both particles and waves. Okay. And a lot of times the difference in how they react and how they move is whether they're not whether they're measured and observed or not and so there's a difference in how they can function so we almost get to this place in quantum theory where nothing is really explainable something can be two things at once okay the quarks are like objects that can be actually in two places at once okay um and so there's no predictability it's uh we don't really know it's a lot of we don't really know um and there's been some interesting things written and said, philosophized, theorized about what does quantum theory say about God? Okay. And is there a spiritual element to it? Are there some theological sin- significance to it? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most interesting things happening out of quantum theory is quantum computing. Okay. Which is basically most computing in its infancy. Um, the Turing machines, that basic was you have... Uh, ones and zeros on and off, and it's it's predictable. Quantum computing, which actually is a is a new thing, is supposed to be um, where something can be two things at once. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting because I, I alluded to, hey, I had this whole illustration about quantum theory, but I don't think you guys are ready for that on Sunday. And I just went on with my sermon because I was already out of time, right? Um, <laughs> and somebody emailed me this long thing about quantum computing, one of the guys that was at church. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating reading it and because mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of along the same idea that it, 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 it doesn't necessarily make easy sense to us. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at the deepest level of what we know is, is exi- existence, there's stuff that we just can't understand. Mm-hmm. So is there something to that to where we might look at that and say, well, if we can't explain it, then what does that mean? And is there a, is there a depth to that that God maybe is out there and that there's some – there's some sense of order and creation out of that chaos, that chaos at the quantum level. There's been order brought to that chaos, and there's been structure brought to that chaos. There's been predictability brought to that chaos. And so something had to do that. Like, it, it couldn't just have happened on its own. And so there's a, 
there's a drawing forward. And when we say something in quantum mechanics can be this, but if it's observed, if somebody's watching it, 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 it becomes this. Um, and so is God the ultimate observer who has looked at that chaos and said, I want it to be this, right? everything that we exist in? Yeah, I think that's a fascinating idea. Yeah. Um, I, I really was hoping that you were going to say a little bit about it when you brought it up in your message. Yeah. Um, but I realized that you probably didn't have enough time to even do it any justice. No. But I, I I knew that it probably would have, you would have made it fit in a in a way that would have probably been like an aha moment, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I I feel like that's the, we went through this age long before any of us were on the earth where the church was trying to eradicate science, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, because it was just like, oh man, science is trying to disprove God, right? And, you know, science scientists, I'm not saying scientists have not tried to do that before, like they're because they're trying to understand, right? But then I feel like we've gotten to this place where we're more open, even from a theological and a scientific community, to be like, science is asking, allowing us to ask questions mm-hmm. that could maybe even help us think about spiritual things or God things or things beyond that. So I love these type of conversations because like, I feel like that's the danger to where we get into where if it, if it can't be explained or known or written down and come to an agreement, then we don't, we don't know about it, but it it must not be real or it's beyond. And this whole idea that even in our science, we're realizing that, you know, two things can be two places at once. I mean, that's I mean that just we we don't experience that in our reality. Yeah. Like what so what my eyes and my senses can observe, like okay, I can observe that like through observation, mm-hmm. but I don't experience it. And so some a lot of times we don't a lot of times we can't even observe spiritual things. And right. so I love the fact that in the quantum realm we're able to observe something for the first time that we don't actually be we can't physically understand. We can't mm-hmm. physically like we two things like that phone that's on the desk is not here and in your office. Right? You don't but, think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. Right. In some other parallel right exa- right. Because well, we can't be right, there. Right. But but yeah. but if we but if we could observe it, we couldn't explain it though. Right. And so I think a lot of times we can't explain spiritual things, mm. but we also can't observe it. So I love the idea that there is things that now we are observing that we can't explain. Because science has always says that, well, if I can observe it, then I can explain it. And so now even in science, what they're observing, they can't explain. So that's interesting. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating. Yeah, like, exactly. Like Sunday at our second service, mm-hmm. everybody who was there felt something. It was palpable. Like there was something observable. That was going on in the room. In your senses. In, in, your, in your senses. senses. Correct. Um, Correct. We had people, one of our staff yeah. members was not in there, walked in and literally felt like they described it as they felt like the Holy Spirit was just like there was a wall there. When you walked in, you could just feel it. Like you could, there was something going on there that was not measurable and it was not explainable. And so to me, I, but aren't we trying to measure it right now? Like, isn't isn't what you just said as you described it? Mm-hmm. Isn't that measurable? I mean, in a way, like it wasn't visible, but you felt it. Yeah, and I think I think that's the human condition, isn't it? That okay. we're always trying to put words to what uh, we feel sometimes. Yeah, and like like the scripture talks about groanings too deep that we can't even understand. Yes, so yes, like sometimes yes. <laughs> what we know and what we're 
what we're feeling can't really be explained in words. Yes. And so that's where the Holy Spirit can come in and intercede in, the, in that place. Yes. Of, the place of I don't know. And it says God knows. And it says God knows. Yeah, right. And so right. for me, I, hmm. I, when I get to those those jumping off points of what is measurable in a in a measuring cup or with a you know a meter of some kind, when when you go beyond that, and that's what I think quantum theory does. It mm-hmm. takes you beyond that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times scientists in quantum theory just look at each other and they're just like, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Like I, we don't, we don't know. Isn't that fascinating? Well, we don't know. Isn't that fascinating? But we don't know. And so I think that's amazing. Yes. Because like you said, early on when um, when enlightenment started to come yes. and there was this this movement towards uh, the intelligentsia, like where science became the, the people in the white coats <laughs> began to be given a lot of authority. Yeah. yeah. And they had a strong voice. Yes. And so when they would speak to something – then that that became what people believed. Mm-hmm. And so the church at first was was scared to death of that. You know, if you lead if you read Lee Strobel's journey himself, he mm-hmm. talked about sitting in school and learning about evolution and he looked around and he was just thinking, well, God's out of a job. Mm-hmm. You know, because in his mind and with evolution in its fullness and how they were presenting it was true. Then, then there can't be a God. They, right. they, they just can't. It's, be. We, we've solved it. It's we done. just solved it. Yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, Game yeah, over. Yeah, I can right. go do what I want to do now. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that's what the church mm-hmm. was was terrified mm-hmm. of. Um, instead, I think what you have said is true. Is that there's been more most recently, probably over the last fifteen years, yep. there's been definitely an embracing of technology. Yes, an embracing of science because because our faith is strong enough to say, you know, well. Science, even at its highest levels, when they're looking at the smallest things, they just get to places where they just don't know. Exactly. And they can't explain it. And it's beautiful. And isn't mm-hmm. that amazing it and is. beautiful it to is. be able to yeah. say, like, just, there's some freedom in there. There is, right, exactly. To be able to say, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. And I think that's the place where you can have this, and it it may work its way into this week's sermon, but this idea of I can jump off in faith and belief. Because if if it's left to me to explain it, um, then it's about me. If I have to, if I know something is going on, it's observable, but there's no explanation for it. Like how can a, some, a particle be in two places at one time? Um, time, in, like in quantum theory, time itself. Like you love time. You love the idea of time. Anytime you, I talk about time, you, you start smiling. You, you get know, this big you, grin you know, on your face. You know I do. But quantum theory and time, in relationship to time, basically is is almost saying. Time is relative to the human, like to the individual. I hundred percent, and that's why that. sometimes we can feel like, man, time just felt like it slowed down, or man, time is flying. Or I remember at, at this point, it felt like time was just so long, and now it doesn't. So, what are we saying about time? Is it is it marking? Is it measurable? Is it the same for everybody, or or is it experiential? Is is because we when we were observing it in certain ways in certain circumstances it appears to be one thing, but in other circumstances it appears to be something else. Well, it, we we know it is. Right. I mean, you you know that. Like, because here here's I can I can sum this up okay. very easily. Right. Go watch a movie that is bad at a theater. Mm-hmm. So you're not in your home. Because it's, it's, it's markably different because sometimes when you're at your home, you can grab your phone, you can get them pause things, right? Right. But when you're at, if you ever go into a movie theater and you're sitting there and the movie is bad. You paid your money. It seems like that movie takes forever to get done. Okay. Am, am I right? Because you've probably been there before. Yes. But then, you, and that movie might be an hour and a half. Okay. But then you'll go watch a three hour 
and thirty minute movie that's fascinating. Yeah, and it's over with. It's and, done. And you want more. It's done. Yeah. Like I remember, you know I'm a big Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. So I remember I I believe I believe Infinity War and the Endgame was both three hours. Mm. Um maybe one was a little longer. I remember that that went by so fast. Like I remember I remember because I know the story, mm-hmm. I knew that we were getting closer to the end and time went by really fast. Okay. And 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 so I feel like you said before, it's 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 relative. It's not the same type of experience. Mm-hmm. Um as we're older now. When I was twenty or I, I would say even when I was twenty, time moves slower. Definitely when I was in eighth grade. You know, that that day it seemed like the school bell would never ring. It's yeah. it, it, I mean I mean compared like when I think sometimes comparative to an eight hour in school or like when I spend six hours here with you, mm-hmm. they're not even remotely close. Right. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like they're not even it's not even fathomable. Like yeah. I feel like our time goes so quickly mm-hmm. together because we're engaged, we're enjoying. It's different. Right. Um. I feel that time. You, I love time because I also feel that time is just different. Like I, the way I view time, the way I feel, like my mind is so open to time that mm-hmm. I just feel it's different. Like I just, I get this idea of eternity. Like I just, I just get that. Like. In our, you're Doctor Strange, aren't you? In our deepest, <laughs> yes. In, in, but in our deepest, in like in our core, yeah. I just feel we were we were, we were made out of time. Mm. I believe that we were made for eternity. I believe that that's part of. I believe there's a little bit of that left. Like people talk about that that creation spark in mm. us, like that that God spark. And I just mm. believe that there's a little hint. Like if you can get down, and I just feel like for me, I feel like everybody else gets a little bit of a different experience. Mm. And but I feel for me. I'm sensitive to that God's above time, that time is his creation. Mm-hmm. Time can be bent to his will. Yeah. That everything is from him. That 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 because he he has no time. Mm. He's timeless. Right. And so the thing is, is that like I just Yeah, I, I, I love the idea of time, I love it. I, I, I feel that I feel it's relative. Like I feel I've told you this before. Like I, I just feel like Everything that ever was and everything ever will be, I feel it's like a record. Like if you think about a, a record, mm-hmm. and I feel that it can, I feel that it can be manipulated, right? Like a DJ. Yes, but I just feel mm-hmm. like we don't have, we don't have mm-hmm. access to it. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds so crazy, right. but I just feel like that's what it is because yeah. I feel like everything is all. I feel like it is like today. Mm-hmm. I feel like a year ago, mm-hmm. this day exists. We just can't access it, and. Tomorrow exists. Right. We just can't access it. Right. And so in my mind, I feel like that that makes sense to me. And I know that I know that sounds so crazy to some people, but to me, it just seems like if we could access that, we would be able to turn it just like we just like yeah. you do when you look at that yeah. record. It doesn't make any sense to you until you know how they have music, all of it forwards and backwards on that record. And when you play it, you can go to different spots. I feel that's how time works. And I feel like that's what you're talking about. We can't explain it, but there's a beauty in the, in the quantum. Like, how can God be God, Holy Spirit, and Jesus? How could he be everywhere? How can he be? All, like, he just is. So I think that there are some things that when we look at science that we can't explain and we can say, okay, I understand that. But then when we come to our faith, when we can't explain that, somehow for some of us, we want to poo-poo and shun that. And for me, I'm like, that's beautiful, and I'm more excited about it. Like the more I've, the more I have fallen in love with God and with the Scripture and with the world and with philosophy and things I've seen, the bigger He has become, the more in awe I am. 
it, it almost to me comes down to potential. Um, because if if at the quantum level we we influence what we by what we observe, we influence it. We influence mm-hmm. by what we observe. Okay, it's almost like um, have you ever heard of the Schrodinger's cat, like philosophical problem? Basically, this idea there's there's a cat in a box and you can't see inside the box, and there's a mechanism inside the box with the cat that may or may not poison and kill the cat. So from the outside, the cat is both dead and alive, potentially. Because in some random way, it may or may not get killed inside the box. So philosophically, the cat's not dead, the cat's not alive, because you can't observe it. Now, if we could pull the lid off the box, then we know for sure, is cat alive or is cat dead? And so quantum theory says... You know I love stuff dead, like that. Dead. <laughs> that. That right there. I, you know I'm going to go on YouTube. I want to find every talk about that. Schrodinger's cat. That go, was go fascinating. That I love that kind of stuff. And so it's the potential of a yes, dead cat. 100%. The potential of a live cat. And you don't know. And so I, I think what, yeah, what, so I, what I was thinking about mm. in quantum theory is this also this idea that, that, that what we believe and what we are what we are uh, intentional about in our thinking and our observing actually has more potential to come to fruition than the random. Say that again. You know what I'm saying? I want to hear you say it again. The the things that we're focused on, the things that we're intentional about, the things that we are observing with all of our senses have more of an opportunity to come to fruition than the random. Uh And because we're always thinking about those things. And as some people have said, like the idea of quantum idea, uh-huh. the quantum theory says the observable is possible, more possible than like when we're observing something, like when we're, when we're in there, like it becomes more relevant and more available, more but possible. That's the reason why I say that you can run a marathon. Yeah. That anybody can run a marathon. That's why I have this argument because Oh, I know if, I can. Because it, not even that. I know if, I'm not. If you, <laughs> <laughs> but I know I can. Because, but if you could, but because I, I believe in that. Like yes. I believe in what you just said. And, and so, like this is the dance we get because you and I are not motivational speakers. No, we're not uh, words of affirmation or power of will speakers. Right. Like that, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there is. I've said this many times before. Man, I I don't I don't want I want to be careful because I love. When when you were gone, you were gone last week. You remember yeah. you weren't at church. Yeah, me and Brock laughed because part part of one of the times that Brock does our sound yeah. stuff, you can't hear him. Uh, you can't you can't see him. Also, can't right. hear him. He's quiet. But we uh, I went off on this tangent for like six minutes, and I kept saying some of our philosophical things. And I I told Brock I could hear I could hear you like, hey man, say for the podcast. <laughs> like I, you a little Paul popped up on my because it was getting I was getting way I was getting deep in it. But it was I was trying to make a point because so I wasn't here, but I was you here. you you weren't but I, I mean <laughs> yeah. we, we we laughed because it was getting philosophical. Yeah. And you and I love to do that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying right now, Paul says speak to yourself a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's in the scripture that we believe is inspired by God. Mm-hmm. And it says that basically the way you speak to yourself, the way you think matters. The self-help people have taken that truism mm-hmm. and they've used that. And so I do think that there is, I believe there is something about like when you believe it and you put it in your mind and it, and it manifesting it in your life mm-hmm. as is something you can do. Like, like there, there's a lot of things. Like I always say like everything that I've seen, mm-hmm. everything that I've done, thought about i've i've gotten in my life 
And I believe there's power in that. That, but that's crazy. Hmm. And how do you? But how do you quantify that? And 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 why is that? Like, it's it's very weird because it in some ways it almost seems as though you can you can manipulate and bend your reality. Like, and and I know that sounds weird. I know yeah. people listening to us that think it sounds crazy. But there's a way that when you almost get to it, that like you can almost shape and bend the reality. Of what you of what your environment how you see and like there's power in that and it's un, it's well, you're smiling because I, I I'm just saying why, why why are you smiling now what, <laughs> what, did, what, what, did, what did I what did I step into <laughs> it, here's what I here's how I think about that because I I know that God knows my heart right and I know that God uh, loves me yes I feel like that when I'm in the mode where um. I'll give you an example mm-hmm. just from us. Okay. Okay. So um, there's multiple examples. I'm trying to pick one. <laughs> All right. So, so, so most recently, okay. you and I in our leadership discussions about mm-hmm. how we're going to lead our church okay. and where we want to see our church going, we've been talking a lot about the idea of potential campuses and yes. those kinds of things. Like where is God leading next? Yes. yes. And so we, yes. we kind of have just dreaming in our, in our dreaming in our mind. Okay. The path that, that we see forward and so when we're talking about that, it's almost like God is God is going before us in that. Not mm-hmm. that we're speaking something into existence, <laughs> yeah, right. But but that God is taking our heart, yeah. and because it's a pure motivated, like it's a kingdom thing, mm-hmm. then God is going before us mm-hmm. to help open some doors and say, "Hey, won't you try this?" I just feel like some of those things that are happening around mm-hmm. us, some ideas that we're nudges. getting, like yeah, some yeah, nudges yeah, yeah, here yes, or there, yes, yes, that, yes. That, that that's. That's not us manipulating the situation as much as it is, I feel like, God opening doors for us. Um, quantum theory at its core is, is if you go to that level, is very much a free will ideology. It, it sounds, it sounds it, it's like It's not it. a predetermined ideology. It's very interactive. So if – I just believe that, that God is, is deeply involved in our heart, right? And when we're – when we're passionate about something, God loves us. And so our, it's not that our mind is manipulating thing, but it's that, it's that sense that when, when we're leaning into something that God, God's leaning in with us. And, and especially if it's something that's pure, I mean, if we want, if we want something that's not going to be good for us, then, I mean, you can dream about it, but you can dream about the, the new G whatever boat, whatever, whatever you want. Like you can dream about the new thing. Number one, I believe but, God affects Affects our dreams, right? So, I, and I, we right. both believe that. Right. Here's a question: When it comes, because I've I've gotten this a little bit. Um, we were talking about, um, we were talking about this with a couple weeks ago. Do you believe? Because you know, we we know we believe that God knows everything, and He is God. Yeah. Do you believe, believe God is God? Yes. Yes. Do, do you, <laughs> I mean, that's deep. I mean, you. I'm just was that one of the deep philosophical things that you were talking about while I was gone? That God is God. No, that was just stupid. That, <laughs> okay. was, that was just that was just dumb. That was, now they can hear Brock. <laughs> no, um, God is sovereign. Yes, and and He's all knowing. But right? I didn't want yeah. to use that word because right. I know sometimes that right. word gets hard to. It does. I, so I, I understand. He's he's yeah. he he is God. But I'm I, what I'm trying to say is, do you believe that God more leaves clues for us to find, or He's more leading and what i mean by that is there's a train of thought that says that it's free will but he set you on a track and you can't get off this track Mm, or or do you believe 
that in this type of thing, like we're understanding that he's more leading leading clues. Like like Moses was walking and the bush was there. Moses had to see it, but things led him up to walk down that path to see the bush. Mm-hmm. Or do you feel like he was on a track to where he had no choice but to see the bush? What do you lean on that in regards to, like you said, free will and the observable? Like if we are if we are the randomness and God is observing, then are you saying that when God observes Paul, he he knows what you're going to do and you have free will. But he if he knows, is it is it a track that you're on or is it still more like clues that you can take? And there's like four or five different versions like Dr. Strange. There's five or six different versions of things depending um, I, that was like a lot of questions in that, so I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a there's a book that I read years ago, one of the first no, no, novels I read by Ted Decker called Blink. And you talked about this before. It was a fascinating book in a sense about prayer, okay, and about God's interaction to time and our futures. That's really fascinating. And so it was, um, this guy was given a glimpse, hmm. and he was had this gift where he could see all the futures that were potential in a situation. And then when he prayed, the futures began to go away and, and he began to see like, in other words, he could, he basically was manipulating the future through prayer. Oh, can I get this gift? And so it was, <laughs> oh man, that yes, sounds perfect. It was, That's what I was looking at. I want the to gift think of about that. that. Oh man. Um, That's great. But as you were talking about that, I, I was trying to think about like, in other words, remembering my time when I, the moment I felt like I had a clarity of a call to ministry. Okay. Um, I could have said no. Where would I be if I had said no? But some would argue, could you really have said no? I know. I know that. I know. I know. And, and I know. I know. And that's, I know. That's the I know. crux of the problem I know. in, in those kinds of arguments. Yeah, it it's, is. it's, well, you could have, you, you really could. I like, could you, you really, you yeah. felt like you could, but you couldn't. I know. And, and I understand, um, I did say no to that calling before. Right. Um, I just wasn't at peace until I did say yes. And so for me, but I believe you I, could have stayed in that I way. I could have stayed that I believe, way. I do believe that. Because I talked to a man who stayed that way yes, all his life. I've talked to a couple. And he was just very regretful yep. of, of having said no mm-hmm. all his life. Mm-hmm. And I understand what, what the the predestinarian people would say about that as well. Yep. But the reality is <laughs> God is an interactive God. I, yes. Um, the scripture says that you know God sent a plague. David prayed. Scripture literally says God changed his mind. And I, I'm just saying, like it's it, so I think that there's scriptural evidence that can point to this idea that God is interacting with us through time um, in a way sometimes that we have no way to understand and be able to explain. And I see beauty in that. Yeah. I mean, quantum theory, when I read about it, I get excited. I don't, I don't get, a, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of the unexplainable. I'm also. I'm almost like enthralled and excited about the idea that there's something where the people in the white coats and the clipboards and the, the Cray computers that have all the computing power um, and maybe even quantum computers that they, they just get there and they say, well, we really, we really don't know. Well, we can't explain how this works. This is what we've seen, but we don't really know how it works. And I just think there's, that's amazing. Like that's astonishing that we could say that God is so far beyond us. Right. Yes. That the smartest of us look at each other and they're like, we just don't really know. We don't really have an answer. And I think there's beauty in that.
Thanks again for checking out this week's episode of At the Table with Paul and Brandon. Be sure that you like and subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. We'll see you then.